0: Today's show is brought to you by Capilano Biotic Honey. Biotic Honey is 100% pure Australian honey that contains naturally occurring prebiotics. It's my favorite sweetener for tea, a key ingredient in my jalapeno lime margaritas, my secret to chewier cookies, and it's perfect for dressings or for drizzling over my morning yogurt. Best of all, Biotic helps support gut and digestive health with 340 milligrams of naturally occurring prebiotic oligosaccharides per serving. These prebiotics help nourish good gut bacteria, which is even more important for keeping us healthy during the winter months. You can grab your own Biotic Honey at Walmart and walmart.com starting at $9.98. Welcome back to another episode of the Benefit Podcast. I'm your host, Cassie Joy Garcia. I'm really excited about today's guest. We are introducing you to Jessica Flanagan. She has been a clinical nutritionist for over 20 years. She is also the author of the book, The Loving Diet, Going Beyond Paleo into the Heart of What Ails You. Her busy private practice incorporates advanced functional medicine skills while also working on a spiritual level as a certified noetic field practitioner who helps her clients discover how they can transform illness from. Inner, enemy to ally. Oh my goodness. You know, I did practice that, Jessica. <laughs> Transform illness from enemy to ally. She is regularly sought out as a mind body expert and coach and has helped thousands of people move away from, quote, fixing through restriction to healing with love. I so admire your work. I think it's so important and I am honored and thrilled to welcome you to the show. Thank you for coming on, Jessica.
1: Thanks, Cassie. I'm really excited to be here. I've been looking forward to it. Oh man, likewise. This is this is gonna be the highlight of my day, for sure. So I
0: would love it. Could you tell us a little bit more about yourself, maybe a little bit about your story and how you started doing this important work for the AIP community?
1: Well, I have been a nutritionist for a number of years, and I have an identical twin sister, and she was diagnosed with Hashimoto's and celiac. And when she was diagnosed, uh, she contacted me and said, wow, this big thing just happened. What do I do? And when she first got diagnosed, autoimmune paleo didn't even really exist. So before it was pre-AIP, AIP uh, AIP was just sort of getting started. And so we had followed Datis Karazian's work. Um, And so Datis Karazian, for your listeners who don't know, he's a functional um, neurologist, he just got a PhD, he's a, a chiropractor, and he's uh, you know, really a pioneer in the autoimmune movement. And, and so we started following his work and then AIP came to fruition. And so my sister and I worked together, me helping and supporting her um, to go on the autoimmune paleo diet, uh, which she got great results with. I went on the autoimmune paleo diet because I had the genetics for it. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we, you know, we, we, I really uh, entered into that world because there was a lot of people who are interested in trying it out and seeing how they felt. My practice has shifted over the last six years First, starting out being somewhat autoimmune paleo-focused to um, really following the science and the published research, which has come to include a lot about oral tolerance and the microbiome. And, And so I would say the bulk of my practice now is really being a detective for my clients who have been to numerous doctors, a lot of whom have had great success with AIP Um, some of which have, uh, wanting to customize it and find out a little bit more of what's unique to them and their journey. But then the biggest part is really understanding what are the belief systems that people enter in to their journey with chronic illness with, why does it matter how to heal it so that they can start sending different messages to all the cells in their body? Mm, I love that. That's really, really interesting. Um, so
0: that's a good introduction to the loving diet in general. And I would love to if you could just expand on that a little bit more. Who is this for? If someone's listening and they're thinking, Well, I have an autoimmune disease and I and it and in some one of those diagnoses it feels you, you spiral down into this rabbit hole where it's very easy to spiral into a rabbit hole of restriction, restriction, and now I'm limited. And I'm confined to this diagnosis. I would love if you could expand a little bit more. Who is this for? Um,
1: and, and what does it really look like? And what are the main differences? So the book is really for anybody with chronic illness who's feeling hopeless. So if you, because uh, when we get diagnosed with anything, that we feel scared, unsure, hopeless, trapped, um, it puts us into a different kind of set of circumstances um, where we start uh, reaching into the resources to, that can help us move out of it. So, the book is really for anybody who is struggling with feeling scared, hopeless, trapped, and needing to be strong uh, only the strong survive and to that, you know, they, they need to fix their illness inside their body. Um, and so that's really who I wrote the book for really, really because of my own journey as well, because, um, like my twin sister, I did not have autoimmune disease, but what I did have was my entire life fell apart down to losing my house. So, um, my, what I, I portrayed myself, um, as someone who, I mean, I meditated, I had energy workers. I went to counseling. I had a spiritual practice. I was kindergarten class president. Mm-hmm. I was, you know, president of, um, you know, a local arts chapter in my community I was a community organizer. And so I did everything on the outside that I thought was going to give me success on the inside. And I have noticed that um, a lot of times there's parallels between chronic disease and what I had been doing. Um, but really what happened was, was when my life completely fell apart, I realized that I had sort of built my life on a house of cards um, and that I was trying really hard, but that I was neglecting all the places inside of myself that I felt like wasn't deserving of my own loving. And so when my life fell apart, much like my sister's, she had her life fall apart somewhat in a, um, a physical sense, my life fell apart in an emotional sense, but the pain and suffering that we feel as humans tends to be the same. Um, and so what I did was, um, I started to stop trying so hard to make my life seem perfect. So I felt perfect. And I actually went in, um, because nothing else was working. I actually went in and started, really being kind and compassionate and loving to myself. And so The Loving Diet was really a book that teaches people how to take the first steps to start to do that. Because that is one way that we can reframe hopelessness, feeling trapped, feeling really scared, either because um, our life falls apart in some regard, like we declare bankruptcy, we lose our job, our partner leaves us, someone dies, or we get diagnosed with a chronic illness.
0: Hmm. Oh my goodness, this is fascinating.
1: So, and
0: you've talked about in the past how mindset is different than the concept of loving. Can you tell us a little bit more about how you differentiate between these two?
1: Yeah, it's a great question because um, uh, we have this idea, like we that we have to change the way our mind thinks in order to get our body to do something different. And what I have found is is that the greatest the greatest um, heavy lifter that we have in our life is actually the power of our hearts. And so when we start tapping into using our heart instead of our mind, then we can actually get further and better because loving is what all religions are, most major religions are founded upon in the world. It's the glue of the universe, really. You know, um, mothers loving their children, the love of our family, um, loving one another, developing compassion practices um, will include the mind, but it is not an orientation of the mind. The mind follows what the heart tells it to do. Mm-hmm. And so what I started to do was actually just focus on all of the places that I wasn't loving myself and, uh, and staying in that place a couple of minutes each day. Um, and then what I found was, was that my mind stopped being so busy with telling me how everything was wrong and I needed to fix everything.
0: Hmm. So interesting. Okay. I, man, this, i have, every time you say something, I have 40 more questions for you. <laughs> Um well' I'll pick one okay <laughs> uh, so tell me this tell me a little bit more about this heart body connection in the process of healing one's body I'm very fascinated by this and it's um I was raised in a house that is very much you know and I'm probably gonna use some verbiage that's nails on a chalkboard for you because <laughs> I am sure that there's some very um rightfully so and purposefully so some um strategic verbiage that needs to exist around this kind of a conversation, but one of those things that you can believe things into existence. Mm -hmm. And, um, so I'm really curious, what, what is your, can you overview from your professional perspective, this heart body connection and what that actually looks like?
1: So the mainstays of a heart body connection would be that we identify with our wholeness instead of identifying with our lack Okay. And so that, that kind of comes into play with believing things into existence, like you are saying, because the, um, the loving that our hearts are able to do is a discernment from a deeper place that's never distorted. Hmm. So that would be the first thing is that, um, uh, identifying with what is what, what is whole about our effectiveness to love the parts that hurt actually moves us completely out of a fixing model and into a loving model, mm. right? And so a lot of times we're told, like, you have to just be strong. You have to g- gain the courage and the strength to eat um, a diet so that you reduce your inflammation and you heal your disease. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that would be sort of like a, a, mind, a, a mind aspect what I, what my, ask, my uh, resolution with when I work with clients is, what what's a relationship that you have with the part of yourself that feels like something's actually broken? Mm-hmm. I got diagnosed with this really scary disease, and a part of you feels like it's now broke. And so, what I do with my clients is we actually work through what it is that they believe so that they can very clearly place their own loving and compassion for those parts. And so the very basis of all of this is, is that what we think is broken in our life, no matter what it is, doesn't need to be fixed. It's actually calling out for our loving and when we are really fully with a part of ourself, for instance, that feels like it's unlovable because we got put up for adoption mm. or a part of ourselves that feels like it's unlovable um, because disease is present in our body. What it, what it does is when we fully just have compassion and we just pull that part forward and we're with ourselves in a loving way, we just make room for it then that is a belief system that works from wholeness rather than lack, which is everything that we have in our hearts right now is the toolkit needed to do all the heavy lifting. It's already there. And Mm -hmm. so as long as we have the ability to love, love our friends, love our family, first. sometimes it's almost recognizing those places first. Wow, I have... um, I have a, a child and I love that child so much. And when we think about like a child going out and skinning their knee, mm-hmm. we don't go out and say to that child after they skin their knee, oh, go fix your knee. We, we have the practical pieces, which is we put a Band-Aid on our skin knee. Mm-hmm. But the part that resonates with children the most is, oh, sweetie, you just fell. That's really hard. Let me hold you on my lap and give you a hug. Mm that kind of simplistic approach, I actually see people make the biggest strides in their healthcare when they do that. Oh, that's so beautiful. I just want to hear you talk all day long. <laughs>
0: that's, <laughs> oh, that's so beautifully put. Okay. So what is- for today's show, we really want to feature one of our most favorite natural and safer skincare brands. It's called Primally Pure. Y'all, I have been at the Primally Pure headquarters in California. I have seen the care that they pour into their handcrafted products, and I've witnessed the way that they thoughtfully select each and every ingredient. A few of my personal favorites from them are the Baby Bar, which is what we actually use to bathe gray. I love the body butter. It's a tallow-based body butter that smells great fantastic, especially the vanilla almond scent. It's what I used on my belly when I was pregnant. It's what I use on really dry skin in the winter. I love the charcoal deodorant. It's a safer deodorant with activated charcoal in it. It's wonderful. It does not stain your clothes. I love the Everything sprays. another one of my favorites. It's just an all-star toner with so many thoughtful ingredients. And last but not least the dry shampoo is my favorite they have one for dark locks and light locks and i actually like to apply it to my hair right after i blow dry my hair from after washing it because i feel like it really helps extend the life of my styles and i'm thrilled to let you know that primal pure is offering a 10 percent discount for you on your first order if you use the code fed and fit 10 that's all one word f-e-d-a-n-d-f-i-t-10 So head on over to the link in the show notes, or you can go to PrimallyPure.com and use the code FEDANDFIT10 at checkout. Okay, so what if we bring it down to choose patient X Mm -hmm. or client X, depending on how you term in your practice. Okay. And they come in and you're explaining this loving from the inside out versus, you know, being strong from the outside in, you know, and to muscle through some of these things. Okay. If we're talking with somebody who's maybe middle-aged and this is an entirely foreign concept, how in it just really grasping or has struggling to grasp what you're trying to encourage, how do you instruct them from the ground up practically how to get started, um, in, in thinking and believing this way? Do you start really small? How do you choose those one or two things to love on a couple minutes a day? And, and how do they do that? If you're, if someone's really having a hard time seeing what you're explaining.
1: One of the first steps that I have my clients do is, um, well, first I listen very closely and I honor their path. Mm -hmm. So the first orientation is me as a practitioner, because I believe all my clients are whole and I don't believe there's anything wrong with them at the Mm -hmm. very deepest level. Um, and so the first thing is, is I create the container to work with them that I unconditionally love them no matter what. So that's the first thing, but when I'm actually interacting with my clients, then I use a lot of self-forgiveness. And so we go through, and because everybody's journey is different, we'll go through things that they really know about, which was, you know, for instance, I got diagnosed with MS and I felt like I was a failure. I felt Mm -hmm. like my body had failed me. And I actually just use self-forgiveness with my clients. So let's say they're middle-aged and they got diagnosed with MS. We just start from the very beginning, Mm -hmm. which is I felt like I was a failure- when I got diagnosed with MS, I thought something was broken inside of me when I got diagnosed with MS. And I actually just have them forgive themselves for believing that. So Mm -hmm. I have them say, okay, I forgive myself for believing that I am a failure and something is broken inside of me because I got diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. And then I have them take a deep breath. And then I ask them what they're noticing or experiencing in their body. And so that's the very first place that I start in almost all of my appointments is just listening to their story, have them lead me into the juicy places mm-hmm. because a lot of people really know firsthand the parts that feel painful and I have them, I have them do that. Mm-hmm. So that's the first thing.
0: Oh my gosh. I, that's probably ground, that's probably groundbreaking for a lot of folks to, Put the brakes on something that maybe they they're mentally spinning on really quickly.
1: Yeah, because there's an idea that when we acknowledge that scary place inside of ourselves that remember just needs loving doesn't need fixing mm-hmm. that it's going to take over and it's going to take over our life or that if we even acknowledge that there's a part of us that feels scared alone, hopeless, broken, that it's going to take over and it's going to start being the center point of our life. But what happens is, is that loving is so effective on its own that when we just acknowledge those places that hurt inside of us, just like pulling up the child with the skin knee and saying, oh, I'm so sorry that happened, that they recover from it more quickly and then they can go out and start playing. Mm -hmm. And that when we actually do that to ourselves, that we can reframe what's happened from enemy to ally. Like, oh, yes, I'm a person who's having an experience with MS. MS is not the center point of my life, and it's not what's defining me. My ability to love myself while I'm having MS becomes the center point. And that's how we change it from enemy to ally. I am a very loving person. I'm having an experience with something that I'm finding incredibly challenging. And I'm going to love myself and develop a skill set to love myself while I'm having a very challenging experience in my life. That's beautiful. And I think that that's one of those key moments when you're talking to anybody
0: who has a truly inspiring story. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I would argue everybody has that in them depending on where they are in their perspective. But if you're speaking with anybody that has an inspiring take on their life or their experiences, they look back on them and they're thankful for the struggles. And, and it's interesting because that is exactly it. I, you know, if I think back on my own struggles in life, the thing that allowed me to truly heal from them was showing gratitude for them, um, and for the lessons I've learned in how it shaped me as a human, because I wouldn't be where I am today if it hadn't been for them in so many different ways. And so that's, I mean, that's my only, That's the only, <laughs> the only way I can boil it down in, in my, what's relevant um, in my living, uh, what's, what's, what I've experienced personally, but that's really, really beautiful.
1: Yeah. And so when you did that, Cassie, did you notice that you didn't have to go outside of yourself? That was sort of like a built-in tool set that you already had present. Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It was a muscle that you might have had to, you know, flex a little just to kind of get used to gratitude. Mm -hmm. But that everything that we need to do this work is already here inside of us. It's already built inside of the structure of our heart, heart. And that's the part that I love about this work is that You don't need to go outside of yourself to garner the tool set. We all got born with it. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I was like, oh my God, it's like so much less exhausting to think about. All I have to do is just kind of practice using the tool set that I already have rather than going out and getting a whole new tool bag because I thought that maybe I was born with the wrong one because these hard things happened to me. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I. I, That's exactly it. I think that it, and and that is to your point. Really, the the most freeing part of one of those self discoveries is that the way to heal from it is realizing that you don't actually have to don't have to develop that skill. It's not something you have to learn or work on. Um, You just have to you know, let it out of the box, so to speak. And and it is, it's going through, I mean, if I just rewind the clock to something that's trivial compared to what most folks listening this that are really hopefully taking home some great thoughts, um, is suffering from a, going through a breakup in college, a really heart wrenching breakup. And in the moment you're thinking, this is it. I'm unlovable. <laughs> yeah. Years of my life and just gone, and I saw all this potential and all of these things, and just you know, being a puddle of tears and feeling very hopeless. To and it wasn't that I pulled myself up from the bootstraps and I'm gonna get some courage and I'm gonna go and face the day and I'm gonna go to class and I'm gonna go do all of these things. It was more so at the end of the day, what allowed me to take a deep breath was realizing and remembering that this can be used and will be used for good and this is all good and I am and it's not a it's not a symptom of who I am it's just something that I've experienced Um,
1: yeah it sounds like you 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 moved away from that disturbance like it's a I am disturbed versus I'm aware that I'm disturbed Mm -hmm. And so, so often, like when a hard thing happens, like I am unlovable versus I am aware that there's a part of me that feels unlovable. Yes, that's exactly it it. Yeah. And so that's the difference between the mind and the heart. The, the mind says, I'm unlovable. The heart says, I'm aware that there's parts of me that believes I'm unlovable. Mm. And so that's that whole getting back into the mindset versus the heart set, because grace lives in the heart. Mm. Law, the law lives in the mind. Mm-hmm. And the law is like an eye for an eye. Mm-hmm. Grace, grace through the heart, through the power of our own loving is you get set free already. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's beautiful.
0: Oh, that's so beautiful. I love this work. Okay, <laughs> what is what is one thing, and I'm and I'm being two percent as eloquent as you are. I'm just so <laughs> far being a good co-host for you right now. What is one thing you wish everyone knew that was maybe struggling with chronic and autoimmune illness? I mean, you've already touched on a lot of this, but if you could just succinctly put into what is one thing you want people to remember if they're listening to this show that's struggling with chronic or autoimmune disease?
1: Um, it actually almost makes me tear up to say, to say this because I believe this so deeply, is every single person who is listening to this right now, I know in my heart 100% that they have everything they need to go through this experience. They already have all of the tools necessary to do it. That There's no question because everybody's heart is, is already built with it. And so that would, that's what I would say to everybody is that it's a, the hopelessness, the trapped, the feeling, the disappointment, um, the frustration uh, that we ha- that we have all of those things. All of those things are true for everybody. And they are also a moment in time. And that the power of the loving that they all have right now goes past that, goes past that. And and around that and through that. And it's the great transformer. And Mm -hmm. so the tools that they are really looking for are already existing and it's stronger than what they think is broken.
0: That's beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for sharing your wisdom and your words and your work with the world. It is an honor to share the internet spaces with you, Jessica.
1: Oh, thank you, Cassie. Thank you. It was a pleasure to be here. Oh my
0: goodness. I loved it. Felt like I'm stepping out of a spa. Um, well, if you all would like to, Jessica, would you mind telling folks where they can find more of your work, whether it's on social media, website, or of course the book, The Loving Diet?
1: Sure. So my book, The Loving Diet's on Amazon, um, but I've also just launched the Institute of Spiritual Coaching, which is a six month coaching program for people who want to take a deeper inquiry um, and I co-founded that with my friend, Charmaine, Dr. Shermaine Kilcup. So I have the Institute of Spiritual Coaching. That's on Facebook. Um, and then I also have the Beyond AIP Facebook page. It's a private group that's fantastic and supportive. Um, and I'm also the Loving Diet on Instagram. Beautiful. Well, we
0: will go ahead and link to everything as usual in show notes. So if you're driving and you're having a hard time remembering all of this, don't worry. We'll have it on the website. So you can just go right there and click and be connected to Jessica's wonderful work. Jessica, thank you again for everything you do. And thank you for making the time to come onto the show and sharing your thoughts with our audience. Thank you, Cassie. I had a great time. I did too. (laughs) Everybody, I thank you for bearing with me and my ineloquence today. (laughs) And I'm so glad Jessica was here to share all of these wonderful thoughts. I'm excited to watch your career and everything expand and I will be cheering you on. As always, you all can find a full transcript over on the show, Uh, the show notes on the website, and we will be back again next week.